Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Welcome! <laughs> to worship, I want to add my welcome to Pastor Michelle, so so glad you're here. I'm Ray Wheeler, I'm the associate pastor, so today we're doing something really different. When I kind of sketched out this sermon series, I told Pastor Michelle, hey, I don't really want to predict the future without your input on this. Uh, it seems like it was something new. She said, well, hey, let's do a conversation sermon, which I've never done, and I don't know, I don't think we've ever, have we ever done this here? I don't think we have. So, so now, I call that our between two ferns, but really, it's the plant between two pastors conversation, I think. <laughs> I didn't have two good ferns right now. It's winter. What are you going to do? Also, I am in the building, and you know my effect yeah, on plants. It's not, not good. Kill I have kept plants. my plant so far is alive. <laughs> all right. All right. Yes. <laughs> let's open up this conversation with a little scripture um, for this lesson. Our scripture is coming from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 through 11. Listen for the word of God in this holy scripture. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ, and I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, oh, go ahead. Can we, can we pray real quick? Oh, that's a great idea. Why don't you, yeah. why don't you, why don't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, to start this uh, Between Two Ferns conversation, can you give us a, what your idea is of the church in global Like terms? a pullback view. A pullback view. The, of 30, of the state people. of Christianity right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, mostly this is going to be not great news. So oh, okay. here we go. I wanted to find numbers that were on the other side of 2020 because 2020 was a dramatic effect on the church. Mm-hmm. And the numbers that I'm talking about today come primarily from Gallup and from Barna. Barna is one of the best-known researchers on the state of the church in the United States, and then Gallup is a well-known polling institution. And so uh, I'm going to share these statistics with you, starting out with the difference between church attendance between Americans in general and then church attendance among church members. So Americans in general, right now 41% of Americans attend church monthly or more, 57% of Americans are seldom or never in religious service attendance. Uh, Now, if we drill down and look at church members and how many church members are in attendance, 11% of church members attend once a month, 20% of church members attend weekly, and 31% of church members never attend. Now, I do not know if in this particular poll, if they were taking into account online, because we have a number of folks out there that worship regularly and faithfully online. Shout out to all of y'all out there. But that's a pretty significant number that a third of church members never come into church anymore. Um, 
We also see that uh, churches typically seeing now a loss of 10 to 15 percent of their congregation every year. And the pandemic had a loss of 16 percent. Most churches lost 16 percent of their people um, as a result of the pandemic. So that's quite a bit. And among those that have quit coming since the pandemic, boomers are the greatest number of people that have walked away from church as far as generations go. 22% left the church of those who had regularly attended left, as opposed to, I think sometimes people malign the millennials, but only 13% of millennials left the church. And in fact, millennials are the shining bit of good news (laughs) in the midst of this, because 39%, there you go, 39% of millennials report attending church weekly, Mm. which is up from 21%. So we've had a huge jump in the number, yeah. A huge jump in the number of millennials who are attending, which I can look out across this room and and affirm that, absolutely. But in general, as I said, church attendance is dropping each year, and um, because of that, 68% of churches in the United States have congregations of fewer than 100 people, and 31% have congregations of fewer than 50 um, so we are we are vastly shrinking. And then among United Methodists, I didn't actually look up our statistics, but I do know the statistic at hand as far as for disaffiliation. We've lost between 15 and 20% of churches um, from our denomination as a result of disaffiliation. The numbers are still pretty fluid, so um, but somewhere around there. So it's not super great news that I have for this. But if we look at our church... What would you say about that? I would, I would say we're doing better than that. That would be my, <laughs> my <We> impression. Are. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So if we look at our church, we are bucking the trends nationally and within our denomination. I think if we reflect on that, I'd, I'd credit that to a few things. I would credit, first of all, to this church taking a prophetic stance on love, mm-hmm. which yeah. should not be prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> It should not be prophetic. It should be central to the Christian identity, and yet, in many ways, it has not become so, or at least there's deep division within Christianity around this. And um, and certainly for our wider society, love is not at the forefront of what we see so much. We're going to feel the pain of that in a in an election year, are we not? And so the very fact that this congregation has made a very clear statement that they're going to make space for all people and seek to love all people is profound and is speaking in the hearts of many people these days. They want to hear that. I would also say another thing that helps this congregation beat the trends is the giftedness of this congregation. Y'all do amazing things. It is so much fun to be your pastor and to watch what you do. And every week, it seems like I have more and more and more coming forward, um, more people offering their gifts, more people being present, more people offering to do things. And and um, it is just a real honor to get to see that. And it's exciting to see what you do once you express those gifts and come in together collectively with them. And then I would also say another great thing about this congregation that's helping us beat those trends is just a general sense of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is joyful to come together. Even when we're in times of struggle, even mm-hmm. when we're facing hardship, we still are centered around that joy that comes from Christ. And I'm grateful for that. And I think a lot of that is just the general tenor of this congregation. But I think 
the significant piece, a very significant piece to that is that we treat our kids not as the future of the church, but as much the now of the church as any of us. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to our family ministries team, especially for the work that they do in that. And then our music is amazing. We have good music. Yeah. And that gives us joy, 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 joy down in our hearts, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so it is, it is uh, really amazing to see the work that this congregation is doing together. So we're bucking the national trends. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how do you think we continue this trajectory over the next three to five years? Or, or Okay, maybe, maybe we don't need to go that far. How about the next year? Right. How, are we, how are we doing it the next year? Let's don't, let's don't be yeah, crazy. Yeah, I really yeah. am. Uh, you know, again, to prop up our music, our musicians have this fantastic way of picking exactly the right song. Well, I feel like they true. must definitely yeah. be mm-hmm. led by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that Into the Mystery is really indicative of how everybody does visioning these days. There is so much change that happens mm-hmm. that it's very difficult to vision past one year. In fact, now in leadership, they're telling leaders, get a one-year vision every year. Mm-hmm. You may have a general sense of where you're headed, but have a one-year vision that you have to kind of adjust and assess each year. That being said, we actually have a vision called the Beyond Us 2030 vision, which is a little bit further out than a year. And the idea behind that is to move 25% of our budget to mission and outreach, which is different than most churches. The vast majority of churches, 90% of their budget goes to staff and building. And while staff and building can both aid in mission and outreach, they can be tools and they can be um, certainly leaders in that direction to have a goal of putting a full 25% specifically to mission and outreach is it's a growth point, um, but it is also, I think, a compelling vision for people. Now, when we said that, we had original goals on how to help us get there. I'm going to go over these. These are in the year-end report every year, but we wanted to nurture a culture of generosity through financial planning classes, education, and fellowship, mm-hmm. to pay down existing debt, to grow giving by 5% each year, to increase volunteerism in the congregation, to empower lay ministry and mission in the congregation, mm-hmm and to show steady commitment to the goal in each year's budget. And then we set that budget a couple of years ago. We have had some significant progress towards those goals. Notably, we all know the existing debt has been eliminated. Mm -hmm. So yay for that. I will say, oh, it had a gift given this week that someone had said we designate that towards the debt. And I wrote the person and said, "Um, we don't actually have that anymore. So (laughs) they're still given the gift, but we're going to get to use it for some other stuff, which is great. And then we have done things like offer the Binder for Life classes. We're going to have another legacy luncheon. I'll talk more about that at the offertory moment. We've done some, some planning around that. We did the legacy series last year. I will say that last year giving only grew by 0.65%, so we missed the goal quite a bit by that. But we were able to set a budget that was a balanced budget for the first time in a long time, and we are on track towards that. So um, so very grateful in that direction. Mm-hmm. And even though we had to make some budget cuts in order to hit that balanced budget, we did not cut programs and outreach. We were able to maintain those. So we've made some good progress in that direction, and it's very, I think, hopeful, and I think we will get there, even though we got a little bit of a steep climb still yet to get there. I'm, I'm confident in the generosity and in the creativity and in the giftedness of this community. Wonderful. Yeah. That sounds great. 
So um, what would you say are some opportunities for our moment of time? Now, well, I, I would actually turn to you because you did an unofficial poll last year. It was very week. unofficial, yes. Yes. Very, I did think it had some inferential value because almost everybody said a lot of the same things. The opportunities, um, I said uh, weaknesses, but let's go with opportunities. Yes, we're going to use Walmart language. These are opportunities. <laughs> we want to be real positive about That's it. That's right. So um, almost everyone uh, in, a, in the opportunity category said more outreach and uh, more diversity in congregation. Well, I think, you know, all those kind of go hand in hand. More outreach may be more diversity. And I, I've kind of did a lot of thinking about that. And it seems to me that we, we really have three buckets for outreach. Um, our first bucket, say bucket A, let's call it, would be things we do for this group that are already here, like church-wide. I think there's a real call for church-wide dances, our dance that we had. So intergenerational uh, potluck, church dances, bingo nights, things that we're doing with us here. As and a, as congregational, a, care, congregational care. Congregational care, yeah, exactly, too, yeah. yeah. So our bucket B might be community outreach. And someone, I was having a, just a private coffee with someone, and they said, you know, there's so many people who live in the downtown area now. Our focus as a downtown church ought to be saying, hey, you know, you could walk to church from this, you know, how do we reach out to people who are right around it here? I think it's kind of tough to do it, but I think that's something we ought to think about. And our third bucket of mission work would be something like, how do we reach across the globe, really think about missions as far as, uh, you know, a worldwide kind of thing. And so uh, pursuant to that, I was you know, just wondering about some ad hoc committees that would address maybe like an umbrella of outreach, but we have ad hoc committees that are thinking about those three different He's buckets. very Methodist. He takes in terms of committees. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Proof that you're a Methodist. Yeah, it's really true. We should uh, form a committee. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but I would say, actually, a lot of this work is actually happening. And mm -hmm. one of the challenges is communicating to everyone that that's the case. We are coming out in the next month with our welcome guide, which will have a lot of these things included in it. But this is the importance of the four questions conversation that I talked to mm -hmm. you all about. Sitting down and doing the four questions conversation allows me to then know what's, what passions are on your heart, what giftedness that you all have. You know, I know some people have had conversations with me a year ago, and they're still like, what is she doing with that? And then maybe in three months, you'll get a phone call from me, and I'll, I'll say, hey, mm -hmm. there's this thing that's working in our church, and I want you to be part of that. And how that usually happens is I have a lot of people that mention a lot of different passions, mm -hmm. but they don't want to lead in that direction. Mm -hmm. sure. It's okay. You need a lot of workers mm -hmm. when, you, when you're doing something new. When I have someone who comes forward and said, this is really on my heart, and I would like to lead an effort, Mm -hmm. Then I say, okay, here's the 10 people you need to talk to. Uh, that is how the environmental care team has come to be. I finally had someone come forward and say, this means too much to me. I can't just sit back anymore. I want to do something with it. And I said, okay, and here are the other people you need to talk to. And they're already making great difference. We don't have a water fountain out here right now because there's a giant box of a water fountain that's going to have a bottle fill station mm -hmm. in it. That was driven by the environmental care team. They've looked into different, yes, yay. Um, mm -hmm. They've looked mm -hmm. into different aspects of recycling and we're even investigating the potential of putting solar panels on the church. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, why not dream big? Why not go for the gold mm -hmm. there on that, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm convinced that anything that God intends us to do, the Holy Spirit has given everyone mm -hmm. that we need for that. It's just a question of, is anyone coming forward with those passions? Mm -hmm. 
And so that's what I need you to do. Have the conversations with me if you haven't, or if you had it a long time ago and your passions have changed, let's have the conversation again. But also, if there's a tug on your heart Mm. that you're thinking, I really want to do more in this direction, then definitely come see me Mm -hmm. because I probably know the people (laughs) Mm -hmm. who, who want to help with that tug on your heart. And so I encourage everyone to pay attention to those little tugs. That that gives us a nice window. So if you're thinking about something and you think, okay, I really feel so strong about it, I want to lead on it, you just need to come to you. And then you'll say, oh, yeah, well, I have 12 other people over here who help. And then that's how those things get started. It's a more organic Right, exactly. I agree with that. So I have... I have a little something's tugging on my heart that I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks. Well, I really, I kind of started thinking about it when I was at Licensed Local Pastor School. And that is, we have some, uh, we have a lot of special Sundays in the Methodist Church. I went to see, oh, look, what I mean is we have special Sundays that were devoted to things and we take up a special offering for them. Well, there's like 25 of them. So then I was like, oh, I don't know, it's confusing. But the ones that I was thinking about were maybe the global special Sunday. So like we have, there's four of those. That's more manageable. I can do four. (laughs) I was thinking I might want to lead out on uh, looking at some of these, like we have uh, Human Relations Sunday, where we take a special offering. Some of that goes to Human Relations. So it goes to the global ministries and they distribute that. Our UMCOR Sunday is coming up. I feel like we would really support UMCOR Sunday. So kind of looking at these things what things would we as a congregation can we lead on? And that would be a good way to start. That'd be a good way to start that 25%. Right. You know, some of it's going to go locally, but the stuff that's going to go globally, maybe we use things that are already in place. That's right, I, right. And so, mm-hmm. and it's real easy for Ray to put that kind of thing in order because he's partially in charge of worship. <laughs> so, see, that little tug on the heart is easy. Uh, so those kinds of things are what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. What is moving among you? And how can that be helpful? I want to just tie us back to thinking about that Beyond Us 2030 goal and what it means for reaching beyond us. Mm -hmm. And I want to share with you one more set of statistics, which is uh, statistics about Gen Z and what Gen Z is looking for. So, and these are specifically non-church-going members of Gen Z that have been polled. 77% of non-church-going members of Gen Z are looking for churches that help the poor. Mm -hmm. And this, one of the pillars that's come out of those four questions conversation is care for the vulnerable. And certainly uh, Second Street Pantry does a lot of that work. These Sunday missions would do a lot of that. There's there's just a number of ways that we're helping those vulnerable around us. Mm -hmm. 72% of non-church-going members of Gen Z have doubts about the existence of God. Um, So making a space where questioning is okay is a good thing. 73.6% of non-church-going members of Gen Z are looking for churches that address mental health. Mm -hmm. We have mental health first aid training coming up in Mm mid-February, opening up for people. And we have made this as part of our care for the vulnerable, that we have made that a priority. We also have, we're about to have a therapist present on property. Um, he's sitting right back there. If you want to wave a little bit, Cody. <laughs> Cody Bryan is about to be on property some, so we're going to make that accessible for people uh, as well. And then 69.2% of non-church-going members of Gen Z are looking for churches that provide opportunities to help others. Mm-hmm. So these goals that we have mm-hmm. set fit into the generation that's rising and what they are looking for in church. So that that speaks to the future that we have. And I want to wrap this up by bringing it back to Philippians. That passage from Philippians is Paul's 
thank you to the Philippian church for the work that they have done. Let me, and, let me interject one thing. I, yeah. I have a Gen Z, and uh, she fits all those. So. You have a Gen Z that fits all of those. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, very good. So I want us to celebrate that we have a good work here mm-hmm. that is growing. And I want us to step into this vision that God has for this corner of the world to do more for the world. And the direction that we are headed uh, affirms that. Mm-hmm. And I trust that as we step into the power of the Holy Spirit, that that good work will be called to completion. We get to be partners, not only with all of us that are here now, but partners with the ones that are yet to come and the ones that have laid the foundation for us to be here. Mm -hmm. We are all in partnership with one another in the communion of the saints. And right now we need to defend the gospel, but the gospel that needs defense is the gospel of love. And so we have a real opportunity to be a vibrant voice and to make that stance on behalf of God and Jesus Christ in that direction. And then let us remember that we do all of this not for our own glory, but for the glory of Christ. And what a great joy and glory it is to get to do this work. So I want to thank all of you for the way that you are stepping into this vision. And I want to challenge you to seek and to listen to God and feel those tugs on your heart and then come see me and see what we can do with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this incredible congregation. Thank you for the past, the present, and the future that you have for us. Let us see always your vision for this corner of your earth and let us move in ways that you would have us move so that true transformation and love breaks out all around us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.